This is a Baby Brunch podcast. This podcast is supported by Epimax Baby and Junior. The range of Epimax Baby and Junior gentle all-purpose emollients moisturizers is an all-day, everyday favorite for babies and children. Give your child a good start to every day by nourishing and protecting their skin with Epimax. This is a first for Baby Branch, and I can't wait to introduce you to our panel for today. First of all, we've got Lukman Adams. He is a South African celebrity singer. He's a dad. A very concerned one because this morning when I spoke to him, it was like, I'm dropping three children off and I think I'm okay. And are you okay? I'm fine. I'm doing, I'm getting the hang of it now. He's getting so the hang good. of it. He's getting the hang of it. Don't worry. We're going to help you here on Baby Brunch. Also, welcome back to Dr. Mpumi Zender, the best and the most amazing gynecologist in the world. We really enjoy you so much. Thanks for your reassurance on this platform that you give. And we know that you're busy consulting. So thank you for having the battle of the births with us. We're really <laughs> excited to have you back. Please follow at Dr. Gaini on social media right now. And then first for Baby Brunch, we've got Sister Nicoline with us. Now, I just started following Sister Nick's baby consultancy so next baby consultancy for all your needs before you have baby and after you visit a doctor zenda when you need to put baby on the boob and have kind of care and questions you're going to visit next baby consultancy in order to make that possible so ladies and gents are you ready yeah yes, they are look one you look so stressed about no, because, this. <laughs> because i'm trying to just get it right i'm like i want to win this i want to win this <laughs> The winner gets nothing. Oh, <laughs> hey. Well, <laughs> there is no problem. I know, I know. But I think what I want to aim with this is, you know, we talk about birth and we talk about baby a lot, but we're just going to have some fun today. So we've got two experts and Lukman is a dad. <laughs> so he's going to have fun with us. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Battle of the Birds with Lukman, Sister Nicoline, and Dr. Mbumi Zenda. My name is Ilana Afrika Breerenkamp. Yay! First question, true or false? You get out of breath when sitting still if you are pregnant. Lukman. True. <laughs> Especially in your second, third trimester. That's because the, the, the reservoir of your lungs will decrease inevitably because of the pregnancy and your heart is already pumping a lot more blood than usual when you're not. So you will sometimes find that you are a little bit out of breath, even when you are sitting down. True or false, the shoe size increases as big as baby grows. True. <laughs> I second that. My, my shoe size increased. I went from a five to I, a six. But it's no, not I definitely do. It's I mean it's the hands as well because my wife can't wear a ring anymore. Okay. Because um, and well she says it's because of the pregnancy. Uh, please tell me it is because of the pregnancy because I spent a lot of money on. You <laughs> 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 oh, must just buy man. a bigger ring, Lukman. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so can, can I chip in? Please can do. I chip in? So so yes, you do. So it's not. Remember, your shoe, your shoe size is predominantly um, de defined by the, the bone size or your bone length. But in pregnancy, because you swell, that will automatically increase ring size, shoe size. But after pregnancy, as the swelling goes down, you should be able to go back to your normal 
size. Well, I, 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 should had, about that. I should have had this interview with only Dr. Mpumi Zenda because she's the only one that knows the answer. <laughs> 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 well, I, I wanted to add to that. You know, I think I think it's to do with a little bit with the relaxin as well. So the relaxin that helps to with the ligaments and the pelvic. Yeah. Part. So Absolutely. the arch of your foot is like this, for instance, example. So that also with the weight of the mom, oh, wow. growing mom and baby, there can be a slight decrease in the arch. And that yeah. might increase the shoe or the length of your foot by millimeters. So there's not you the toenails. Find... Okay. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> Wait a minute, relaxing. I like that term. So I just want to check quickly with both of you, our experts. Lugman, don't answer this question because it's it's an actual question question that i want is that is that the same thing that makes your legs stretch further than what they can usually if you are not pregnant i say this because some of us get injuries during pregnancy yeah. because your body is more supple right so that's you, you think yeah. you can do tricks in the bedroom whereas normally you can't because your muscles <laughs> can so, so the the big one is actually progesterone, which is um, if you think about it, it's progestation. It supports pregnancy. It causes the muscle, which is your womb, predominantly to relax completely. But now it doesn't just cause the womb to relax so that you don't have preterm labor, but it causes every other muscle in your body to actually relax. Your gut, your your vessels aligned with muscle. Uh, that's how you get constipation. Um, you know, she explained really nicely about your ligaments around your hip um, and all your bones, even your hands. People will start having, you know, a, a bit more laxity during the pregnancy. Um, that's because of that progestin or the progesterone inside your own body that is increased to protect you from having a preterm labor. And that's why we think we can do the Kama Sutra. Please do the Kama Sutra. <laughs> and then uh, the, 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 next, the next day you have a sciatic nerve that won't. <laughs> <laughs> That's still not oh, fixed dear. four oh. years later. And I'm oh, not guilty. Yeah. I, I know it uh. from a friend. I'm speaking about a friend. <laughs> <laughs> do the Kama Sutra, Ilana. Uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have this thing in my head now. Every time I do the antenatal class, I talk about <laughs> these hormones. I'm going to think Kama Sutra. Kama Sutra. Yes, please do. It's true or false? I agree. Is that, was that the question? Kama Sutra, was that the question? No. I agree. Oh. True or false? Babies can taste certain food in the womb. Dr. Mpumi. Absolutely, yes. They, yeah, babies actually develop their taste buds literally from about eight weeks. And that is why. So it's not so much that they taste per se, um, but they do remember, they form their nutritional intelligence um, whilst they are in utero. And that's why my daughter still loves biltong and ice cream even to this day, because that's what I actually ate during pregnancy. Wow. Yeah, I, I want to agree to that. I think it's the flavors in the amniotic fluid. So whatever food yeah. you're eating, the flavors are going almost in the amniotic fluid. So it's sort of, yeah. uh, it's the foundation almost of babies' um, yeah. eating habits in the future, I think. Yeah. What I find interesting is those cravings. I mean, is there any scientific reason why those, this, some females have certain cravings or something that they didn't even like before the pregnancy, they all of a sudden, like now, like yeah. peanuts or peanut butter, all of a sudden they just go, mm, 
Pamit peanut butter, three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> One of the theories is apparently um, um, the fact that it is about what they might be missing nutritionally. Um, so if they are missing a bit of carbs, they'll crave something sweet. If they are missing, and you'll find, particularly in the low resource areas, you'll find women eating clay and, and soil. Um, that oh. has to do with their low iron uh, um, supplements or reserves sometimes. Uh, so there's a number of theories, but that is most certainly one of them. There's nothing like a thickest of clay. You're absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Answer first. How long will I be able to try do natural birth before it is decided to go and have the C-section or go the C-section route? I actually, if, if I may, I want to pass this on to sister because there's always a bit of a contention with, uh, you know, the, 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 the nurses and the, and the gynees. Gynees are always too keen to caring. Um, but I love, I always love the midwife's approach in let's wait. As long as baby and mom are healthy, baby's not too big, um, there aren't any contraindications. How long do we wait before we start tickling the uterus with our drugs? Oh, doctor, you are spot on. Yeah, you know your midwife. Where's my feather? Uh, <laughs> I um, I think it's something that needs to be discussed in the gynecologist room on your last appointment of the mum to sort of say, listen, we can go on for a certain extent of time. If there's no progression, if the cervix is not dilating, or if whatever the reason may be, then we will move on to induction or whatever um, comes next. Um, so I think it needs to be discussed in the room. And then obviously when the mom is in hospital um, and things aren't progressing, the doctor will come in all the time and check with mom and see, okay, she's too tired. She doesn't have any petrol in a tank anymore to push this baby out. So then I think um, there should be open communication between mom and the doctor and the mom and the doctor should be able to discuss this and plan what when should we go for the C-section? Because obviously I'm very pro normal birth. So I will always try last until the last minute, um, <laughs> avoid C-sections. Yeah. Wow. From, from our side, from, from our side, we generally, before they go into labor, we want them to at least go up to about 40 plus before you want to start tickling with induction, um, 40 plus weeks. So we don't want to get to 41 really, or at 41, that's the time where we bail out because then the mortality or rather the danger to baby starts to increase as well. Um, during labor, there are, it depends on the stage. There is the very first stage which is the early stage of labor and that we can take up to about 12 to 14 hours even so you you want to give mom as much of a chance as possible also it does depend on certain things is she having really enough contractions as sister spoke about is she having enough powers is she you know her energies is she still okay but also importantly the passenger is the baby still okay for us to continue the other thing that becomes quite pertinent especially once they start being in labor and they you know they, they they're not progressing well but they have contractions is that the womb can start to get tired the muscle gets tired it's not a big deal whilst the baby is still inside problem happens once baby is out and you want that that womb to contract 
and if it doesn't contract well, she can get what you call postpartum hemorrhage, which can be quite, um, you know, catastrophic if, if, you know, not looked after properly. So it's a, it's a play on where are we in the pregnant, in, in the, in the labor um, can, do we still have more time? Have we given certain things to try and get things going? And if things are really not going, some of these babies like the sunroof better than the dark, <laughs> the, the dark city of the vagina. <laughs> you, just, you just said something, doctor, that caught my attention. I mean, I know this is battle of the birthright and we can go through this quickly and make it as fun as possible. But, but when you said induction, I just went, okay, hold on a little bit. So when it comes to induction, right, when do we go that route? I didn't have an induced baby. You know, both my babies came early, so I had to go the C-section route. But when is induction an option? I have heard before of women that says, okay, we, we induced, um, Gani decided that it's time. How do we make that decision? Right. It's a number of baby is technically ready um but i do say this with caution our pediatricians and our midwives again will throw stones at us because especially babies who end up having a c-section at 38 weeks sometimes can get quite a bit of fluid in their lungs um, and that can be problematic they end up in nicu so we don't want to do a c-section at 38 weeks for example but if there are reasons, okay, assuming everything is really okay, like I said, you do get moms, especially the very first timers, that absolutely nothing happens and they go on to 40 weeks and they're going on 41 weeks. Like we said earlier on, we want, we don't want to escalate the, the risk to baby and even to mom. So at about 40 weeks plus, that's when you would be likely to get, the doctor will say, let's have an induction. Sometimes someone maybe who has got other things, hypertension in pregnancy, you don't want to go beyond 38, 39 weeks there. And you want to stop the labor pains before they spontaneously do, or um, you don't want to wait for them to start spontaneously. So you may want to induce a little bit earlier when there are other underlying things. I know sometimes, and I'm guilty of, when I see, especially moms who really wants to try for natural, um, but I can already see baby on estimation is a bit big. I know that if the, the ratio of baby is to pelvis is too big, that's also another risk factor for ending up with a C-section. So generally after 39, 40 weeks, I start getting a little bit sketchy and, and start um, um, asking a mom, can we have this conversation about induction? Um, and maybe something that's quite important is that we always think only about the medical induction. Of course, that's the, you know, the documented properly, the, the drugs and everything. But you do get sort of like natural induction, you know, things like the Kama Sutra, you know, uh, things like a stretch and sweep. That's also really good so that you can start to prime the cervix from about 38, 39 weeks without having to give mom drugs, send her home for a week and let them come back. You are priming her cervix so that she can potentially go into um, a spontaneous um, labor rather than needing drugs. If you just join us, it's the battle of the birds with our two experts and Lukman. I actually don't know what Lukman and I are doing here. We should actually step out and just let Dr. Mpumi and Sister. No, no. <laughs> okay, exactly. wait. So we're heading to general knowledge now. Are you ready? Yes. Your sense of smell is heightened so much that you can smell strange things from meters and meters away. Yes. 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 Yeah, I agree. 
And I can personally vouch for that as well. So from experience, yeah. that is true as well. Yeah. Is Bye. it true? Is it true in the sense of like I know that when we have our period, you kind of notice smells that you don't notice usually. So is it the same in pregnancy? Um, for, what I would say is I think we can blame the hormones again for this. Um, so definitely, and I think it's got a, a bit of a protection thing as well so if your smell is improved then you can smell and I always take it back to the primitive times you know the people can smell the food is also she's actually protecting herself and the baby from eating rotten food wow. so that's my belief but uh, I don't know I actually want to agree with you on that and that. and especially in the and you find that it's in the first trimester predominantly the first trimester and that's when you are sort of like averse to certain foods um, or you like certain foods and 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 again I've always looked at it from a protective factor you know um, your body doesn't like a lot of meat doesn't like a lot of processed things um, you you often do well with the bland taste um, to my I want to say baby daddy husband father to my he put a bin one day in the back seat of no. the car and I just walked into the car and I was like, what is that? I will never forget. So first trimester, all mm. things are protective. You don't want sex. You don't want, you don't, you don't want anything. And because the very first trimester is when everything about baby is actually developed. So totally agree. Smell is... Mm. More general knowledge coming your way. What are the usual chores that we should avoid while pregnant? Because I am yet to meet a pregnant woman that doesn't decide to clean the kitchen, change house, move furniture, hang curtains. I mean, you don't even need curtains, but you're hanging it. We're packing the cupboard for the 10th time. So what are the usual chores that pregnant mommies should be avoiding? Um, well, you I haven't think... met my wife clearly because um, <laughs> she didn't do any of that. But <laughs> same here. I was like, nah. Um, Did she not clean, Nukma? Did she not like mm, start moving the furniture, pack the, I don't know, mm, the Tupperware? Uh, Nothing. Okay. I, did, I I think I got all those symptoms. I did all of that. I had to move. Yeah. She told me how to move the furniture and clothing <laughs> and do the dishes and yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's very good. I think you're talking about nesting, Elana. If that's what you are sort of so, moms get I don't know what it is, it's this frantic thing. Everything, like you said, the, the clothes are washed and the hospital bag's been packed for 10,000 times already. Mm. But then, just before labor starts, they all of a sudden want to do all these things again. Mm. Um, but when it comes to general jobs and things. I think mainly they just have to look at lifting heavy things, especially towards the end of the pregnancy, because of those hormones that we spoke about earlier, you can actually, you can injure yourself if you lift something um, heavy. So I think heavy lifting and climbing on top of ladders, as you said, doing the curtains, rather get Lukman to do it. You know, well, um, like I've been doing it now three times. Uh, so. Yeah. <clears throat> Speaking of which, I mean, there's there's an old wives' tale around um, uh, going under things. I remember one of my aunts saying to me, and I don't know how true this is, so that's what I'm asking. She, I remember her saying, don't bend too low because the cord will go around the baby's neck. 
Is that true, Dr. Zender? No. Mm. Not, not from just bending. We've just said people must do. We've just said people must do the Kama Sutra. Do a lot of bending there. <laughs> oh yeah, um, yeah. You can do the Kama form. Sutra, but you can't bend down because. <laughs> so I'm just saying, you know, we were talking about flexibility. Look, one of the big reasons uh, the cord will go around the neck is actually to do with the amount of fluid inside so okay. especially with babies with polyhydramnus too much fluid it's more likely uh, the movements and things but actually we, we we generally cannot predict um which babies will have cord around and it happens quite often it's more about how how many times around does it go all the way around mm-hmm. and um thank god for monitors during labor because that's sometimes where we will actually pick up that oh, something might not be okay when they're strangling themselves. So the length of the cord as well, that makes a big difference. Too long, too short can also cause um, issues. But bend. Bend. <laughs> <laughs> More general knowledge. Okay. How do you know when baby is hungry, especially when you don't know their crying cues? Look, Mon. Fists um, and and toes, they tend to do that when they cry. And I just assume that they're saying, I'm hungry. <laughs> when they clean their fists? Yes. I didn't know and that. Is that true? I yes. have no idea. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so I will, I will step in here. This is, this is where I love talking about. So um, by the time they do this, look, man, then they are very hungry. They're not just oh, wow. hungry, they're very hungry. Because if you look at, um, you were rightly saying about feeding cues, and um, I'm very pro to skin to skin. And you know, how do you get to know somebody is by spending time with them. So Mm. my whole theory is get your baby skin to skin. Then you will be able to pick up when they start eating your shoulder or dad's finger or anything like that. And they will show you when they're ready to eat. So they do the rooting where they want to eat like that. They do lip smacking. Their tongues come out, but they're not crying yet. But now we, we put our babies in these beautiful bassinets that we got for our baby shower. So we're missing out on these cues that your baby is actually ready to feed. And um, so then your baby sleeps a bit longer and you're like, oh, my baby is really good. Baby sleeping through. But actually you miss the opportunity to feed your baby. And um, in the early days, breastfeeding as much as possible, as frequently as possible is important because our babies, they have a tiny stomach. If you think about at birth, it's about five mils, so the size of a medicine spoon. And on day three, it's a cherry if you get one or a bit bigger. So um, now it's a watermelon because they're just thinking. Yeah, they just need to eat the whole time. That is so special what you just described when baby is is trying to, you know, trying to feed. And we're going to follow you on Instagram. You just, oh, why do I feel like I want to cry now? This was Battle of the Birds. And I now feel like I need, I need to have another baby now. Just to, no, just know to get the they... cues right. <laughs> but I know more now than I had my, when I had my baby. So I'm like, why didn't anybody tell me tell this me. stuff? Mm. Well, that is why we have baby brunch so that we can tell everybody that this. doesn't have a baby yet. Oh, I love the feeling thing. Oh, you just warm my heart. Follow Dr. Nix online right now. Okay. More general knowledge. How much weight does a pregnant mommy pick up during pregnancy? 13 Ks. Me, Elana. Look, Mon, how much weight did your wife pick up? 
Go. I'm not supposed to, to say that. What what were <laughs> you talking about? <laughs> what? No. I think on average, um, the pregnant mom will gain about between 11 and 16 kilograms, but it depends on it depends on 16 how you or 16. 16. 16. Oh. One, six. oh my goodness, no, 60. <laughs> I don't think then you will be breathless the whole time when you sit down. Um, um, no, I think average between 11 and 16 kgs, but it depends on what your weight was before you got pregnant. If you were overweight, I find the people that is overweight and get pregnant, they don't tend to gain that much weight. They, it's only the, the breast and the amniotic fluid and the yeah. uterus and those kind of things that grow a bit, obviously, and the baby that gains the weight. But um, oh, I think Provide, about 11 to 16. Yeah. 100%, sister. But provided they are eating right, um, one of the big dilemmas we have is moms that actually pick up a whole lot more weight, particularly in the first and second trimester, um, you know, if you are trying to work on an average of 11 to 16 and you pick up your first five to six kgs in your first trimester, it's game over, you know, and, and that for us is quite important. And I always encourage um, uh, moms from the time that they get pregnant, see a dietitian and am I allowed to mention people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. I mean, one of the best people that I've met is biokineticists called Fit for Two. They are pregnancy exercising people. Wow. Um, there's a whole lot of different um, yoga mamas and whatever, whatever. I get preggy ladies exercising from the day, including them at least having one or two sessions with a dietitian so that we know because your metabolisms works completely differently. We actually call you, you are diabetogenic. You are like almost like a diabetic person. Um, when you're pregnant. So it's important to know what portions, how much based on, as Sister Nick said, um, what was your weight? If you're already overweight, you've got a little, you, you, you've got to watch it a bit more. There mm -hmm. are complications that can occur um, if you gain way too much, uh, uh, um, more than average weight during the pregnancy. I was going to ask you that. I mean, why are we discouraging weight gain? I mean, the obvious is so that we can be healthy, but like how healthy? So what a part of me is almost saying, so if you pick up a lot of weight, so what? So if I had to ask you that question in a consultation, yeah. like doctor, but why can't I pick up more than 20 Ks? You know, I feel fine and oh, I'm eating for two, you know, all the other excuses. <laughs> um, what, what is the worst thing that can happen? I mean, what, what would happen if I'm overweight and pregnant? a very complicated pregnancy, complicated one by diabetic or a, a, a diabetes in pregnancy. Um, that is one of the big, big ones. But also even things like flexibility, even things like your labor itself, the more overweight you are, the more likely you are actually to end up having a C-section. If you have a C-section whilst overweight, sepsis is one of the big things. Mm -hmm. So it's a ripple effect and over and above moms, we, we, we often neglect the mental health in terms of how you look and how you feel about yourself. When you don't think you look good, you don't feel good. And it's just another impact on whether it's during the pregnancy or even postnatally uh, trying to get rid of that, that weight. And even um, just the post postpartum blues uh, are way more when you think, oh, I've got weight to lose. I've got this to do and that to do. So if you can get it right as the carriage starts, even better. Mm. Um, 
the thing is, if like you mentioned, doctor, with the C-sections afterwards, the recovery process is long already after a C-section. And if yeah. you're going to add to the weight, like doctor said, the wound infections and, and it can just bring in so much more dramas mm-hmm. um, if you have a C-section. So, yeah, I, I totally agree uh, with that. Okay, thank you so much. Don't eat for two. There's no such a thing. There's, There's no fit such for thing, two. Ilana. No Doctor, if you thing. ask me, I mean, <laughs> listen, I had cravings and I was fighting with my husband about how I'm not having cravings. I was convinced <laughs> that I'm, 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 I mean, I was eating slap chips with salt and vinegar. They're in Cape Town, right next to where you're sitting right now, Lukman. I was eating lots of slap chips, claiming that it's not a craving. Peaches and ice, I was having all of it. And I claimed I wasn't having cravings. So we have all these fights when you're pregnant. So yeah, please just watch the weight then rather. Um, okay, here's another one. What is the most important item that you should have for when it comes to baby at home? I'm sure I'm <laughs> going to know the answer after the doctor has spoken. And I'm going to agree with the doctor. Telemann oil. No, wrong. What's Telemann? What, what did you, you say? What's that? I, I can't get to them. Te- Telemann. Is it Telemann? No. Oh, you're talking about the drops. The drops, Telemann <laughs> oh. drops. Was that so <laughs> important <laughs> for you? <laughs> no, because I remember like after they're born, they've always got these tummy cramps and that used to be oh. the thing to make, to make the cramps easier. Oh, make but it go I'm going to burst your bubble. Oh, I need to do this. <laughs> <laughs> because you know what? I researched this as well a long time ago, and it's actually the semeticone that's in the telemann drops that's supposedly supposed to burst the bubbles of that's causing the wind in the babies. Yeah. But the research out there has not proven it. So this is just something we give, and sometimes I think personally – and this is personal, so not mm. this. Um, I think it just helps us to cope with what our baby I, is going through. I, but yeah, it's yeah. actually just your baby's gut that's immature, that is actually working. And yeah, so it, it's quite normal baby behavior to have cramps initially in the early days. But it's okay. a good one. <laughs> so wait, while we are talking about cramps, so how do you, if baby is, is, is showing that there's a little bit of cramps mm. after feeding, how do we ease that? Well, you can, um, you can do those um, bicycle movements for with them. With the feet, okay, with the legs. Yeah. With the arms. And you can do that and you can do good burping. So almost like opening up the esophagus, you know, the, the oh. slick darum, like we would say. So don't let them sit like this hunched. Let them straighten up. And then, as you know from your Skynet cluster, your science classes, wind or air moves upwards. Okay. So if you straighten oh, everything, nice. the air bubble would move upwards. Yeah. And you're rubbing upwards. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Doctor, what do you think is the most important thing that one should have when it comes to baby at home? From a doctor's perspective. Gosh, I'm 12 years out of t- When you did that, I was like, what's that? I'm 12 <laughs> years out of touch. That's a new TikTok dance. Babies. No, but maybe. <laughs> yes. So I'll tell you a little story about why I'm asking you, doctor. Because after my C-section, I got home and my stitches got wet. And yeah, I can help with that. So, what's the most important thing from a medical point of view that you can have at home? Because then my gynae said to me, she was away. And I f- picked the phone up and I said to her, What do I do now? She got some uh, stand in to say to me, Take the, the micropore off. And I did. 
and I added some battery band and left it open for a little bit. And then, you know, off I went, skipping with my stitches. Uh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. What I, I would want is, is the brace, actually. I think for moms, it's a, it's, a, it's a waist brace to support your stomach, especially if you've had um, a, a C-section and stuff. It's a brace. I like the brace. So is a brace something that you wear after you've had your baby? Does it, does it help support At, the stomach? Yes, it, it helps support the stomach, especially if you have had a C-section. Some gynees, you find that they don't put together the muscle afterwards. So um, it, it almost feels like every time you want to stand up, things are going to come out of your, of your gut, almost like a, a hernia. Um, and so bracing allows you to start... <laughs> mobilizing really nicely and um you know some of amazing physio they brace literally three four days post 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 delivery and moms love it because they all that's one of the big questions they ask us doc when can i start putting things around i'm just like just careful of sepsis there um Mm. but but with with the good with the good ones um bracing i think for moms is champ okay well brace yourself Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to add to that. It's, I agree, Doctor. The, the, we talk about belly wrapping as well. Not belly dancing, yeah. belly wrapping. But um, <laughs> it, it is important to make sure that you don't overwear it in the sense mm. of that the muscles that is actually supposed to start supporting your um, body again after the birth don't get lazy. So you should start wearing it for not too long a periods. And you mentioned about the infection as well, doctor, because you do get moms that wear this thing religiously. They sleep with it and only take it off for baths, but they miss out on the infection that's actually happening at the cesarean section site. So that must just be, you must just be weary of that from, from, from a nurse's point of view. And it's okay for the dad to wear it (laughs) when the mom's not wearing it. (laughs) Yes. You'll have a nice cool cup of chest. You'll have a one pack, Lukman. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, here's another one. How do you know how to dress a newborn? How many layers are too few and when is it just too much? That's a tough one. Uh, because I know if it's my grandmother, she will swindle that baby with so many blankets. And I'm going, like, is this normal? <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting hot. <laughs> so please give me the correct answer. So as I told you earlier, I'm a very big, I love skin to skin for babies because it just, it just sets off all the right things for baby. It calms your baby after a stressful delivery. It sort of brings baby right here to the kitchen saying, okay, I know where the food is cooking. Mm. And, um, and it calms mom down and it calms everybody down. Mm-hmm. So if you have your baby skin to skin, then technically you can only dress your baby in a nappy. But after, if you want to go for a shower and you want to dress your baby, it's a one. So if I've got a short sleeve on, then you can put one thin layer over your baby. If you've got a long sleeve on, then you will do a long sleeve for baby and one extra layer on top of that. So you don't want to overheat your baby and you don't want to underdress your baby. And it's important to check for babies. They start sweating in the back of their necks if they are too hot. So just uh, be mindful okay. of that. Oh, that's so okay. cute. It is cute, right? So every for every yeah. layer I'm wearing, I dress baby in an extra layer. That's sweet. And that's good to remember. 
To my uh, panel, you've been amazing. You have survived true or false, answer first, and your general knowledge. Lukman, any final thoughts? Um, it's, I've definitely learned a lot from just what you were saying. Talman Drops is definitely a no-go. And the amount of blankets that, um, from listening to my grandmother, <laughs> that's a no-no. Um, but thank you for having me on this panel, Ilana. Um, it was so lekker being here. Anytime. And being a part of this. Sister, any final thoughts from you? I want to just agree with he, um, what you were saying, Lukman. Thank you so much for the invitation to join you guys. Um, my final thoughts are keep baby close to you. There's nobody that's rushing you to put baby into the nice baby grow or anything. Skin to skin is key. Early breastfeeding is key. And you cannot spoil your baby um, in that first few weeks. That is old wives' tales. Research has shown that babies develop much better and the bonding forms much better. So keep your baby close by and get the husbands to make the food and the tea and entertain the family. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Ghani, wow. always great seeing you. Any final thoughts from your side? Thank you very much for the invite. This was absolutely fantastic. I enjoyed it. It was lighthearted. And no, I'm still not having another baby. Um, <laughs> Um, I I think for me, one of the things that really is coming out is the importance of not just babies, but also moms having a really good experience with their labor. Yes, um, there is the technical things that we worry about as the medics, but in terms of just moms and dads having a really great experience with their, um, you know, their their deliveries and post-delivery, that's important. And I'm glad we are moving more into spaces where we've got a sort of like a multidisciplinary team that is looking after um, these families. And and I absolutely love it. So find the right teams for you. A big thank you to our panel, Lukman Adams. Sister Nicolene Stander. To Dr. Mpumi Zenda. Yeah. And myself, Ilana Afrika Brennenkamp. For more information, please have a look at babybranch.co.za. And to our panel, a big, big thank you. Follow Sister Nix right now, Nix Baby Consultancy, and Dr. Gaini at Dr. Gaini. Follow Lukman too and book him for book stuff like singing. And cultural and baby events stuff. And, and baby, baby stuff. stuff. And um, <laughs> speaking of which, Lukman Adams will now be singing out with uh, the song that he has prepared, especially for us <clears> here <throat> for Baby Brunch. Uh, it's called Hey, hey baby. baby. Baby, baby, baby. You can have my private number. Baby, baby, baby. Please uh, let me have your number. This podcast was supported by Epimax Baby and Junior. Epimax Baby and Junior is dermatologist approved, free of artificial colorants and fragrances, and is safe to use from birth. Touch, nourish, love your child's skin with Epimax Baby and Junior. Available from leading pharmacies and retail stores.